1: yes good morning everyone welcome along to tradies news in a nutshell for your thursday morning it is the 16th of march 2023 daniel Pedgrew in the chair for the next hour good to be back with you broadcasting through sen 1170 a.m in sydney SCNQ 693 a.m in brisbane and SCN 1620 a.m on the gold coast all before Vossie and brandy for breakfast from 6 a.m sydney time uh you'll get and listeners, you'll get the first hour of Aussie and Brandy as per usual. And then pat and heels along for you at 6 a.m. local time. one 30 70 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. Lots to get through today as well. The cricket, the test cricket, done and dusted in India. But we do have some one-dayers getting underway tomorrow. So, Andrew Mentzel, Menes from our, the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, will join me shortly uh, to reflect on the four-match test series. I'll ask him his rating, as I asked you, and the level of confidence heading into the Ashes. And we'll have a look towards the one-day internationals as well. Plus, heaps of news around. So, let's get stuck into it. It's one and a half past five in New South Wales, one and a half past four in Queensland. Hot, hot. The Hot Topic, thanks to rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ream. Built tough for Aussie conditions. Ask your plumber for Australia's favourite and install a ream. Let us start with the basketball before we get on to all the NRL news. And well done to the Sydney Kings. It took them a little while. Probably took them longer than they expected and longer that they had hoped to wrap up the NBL Grand Final Series. They had to wait for the fifth match last night. But they did do it in front of a sold out all time NBL record crowd of 18,124. You would have heard it here on SEN. Jimmy Smith and the team bringing it to you. The Sydney Kings, 77 over the New Zealand Breakers, 69. The Breakers led by 11 after one quarter and three at half time. Three quarter time was 56 all. But then the Sydney Kings getting the job done at Kudos Bank Arena, 77-69, to which means the Sydney Kings go back-to-back. So well done to them. An 18,124 record NBL crowd that beats the record NBL crowd of just the other night on Friday night at Kudos Bank Arena. Certainly over the past few years and definitely over the past couple of years, the Sydney Kings definitely gained popularity. It's always been... I think, quite popular to go out to a Kings match. But with the the success they have been having, in particular over the past couple of years, uh, it's always a a great night out. I was saying to Matty Cox yesterday, host of Trades News in Melbourne, when we were speaking to him, I haven't been to a Kings game for ages. But it's on my list of things to do next season. Uh, 77 to 69. If you were out there, um, I'd say if you were out there, the majority of people... Probably wouldn't be listing at this time of the day. Although it is a weekday, it is Thursday. So maybe if you were out there, if you did head out to Kudos Bank Arena yesterday or last night, I'd love to hear from you. 1300 011170 or 0457 736 What was the atmosphere like? What were the celebrations like? Maybe the celebrations are still going. I'm sure for the Sydney Kings players and officials, they would still be ongoing. But if you were out there last night, if you're a little tired this morning and up early for work, love to hear from you. one three hundred, oh one eleven seventy, 1170 our open line number, or you can text 0457-736-736. Well done to the Sydney Kings, 77-69. Back-to-back NBL premiers at four minutes past five, four past four if you're out there, or did you just watch it at home? Have you been to a lot of Kings games this year? would love to know. 18,124, as I say, out there last night. Uh, if you were out there, I'd love to hear from you. one or 0457-736-736, as I say. I, I have my doubts we will, but you never know. Uh, now, on to some of the NRL news in just a second. But the other thing, uh, well, a few things I'm going to ask you this morning, actually. But the next thing I want to ask you, and we did this last year, but it's always a good topic. Rooster South tomorrow night. Allianz Stadium expecting a big crowd. There's been a lot of talk throughout the week about ticket prices and the like. And the Roosters having a meeting to make sure they don't react like they did in the semi final last year. But great sporting rivalries on the field or off the field, but mainly on the field. 1300 011170 or 0457 736 736. Your great sporting rivalries. It can be past, it can be present, it can be a team sport, it can be a one on one sport. But the best sporting rivalries. Winner will receive a Makita Prize back this morning as well. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. The greatest sporting rivalries of all time, past or present. And if you've been lucky enough to go to a sporting rivalry, maybe not locally here in the NRL or the AFL, but maybe overseas. Maybe Man United, Man City, something like that. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Your great sporting rivalries this morning. Love to hear from you. Uh, now, let's have a look at some of the news of the day, aside from uh, the Sydney Kings, and we'll start with the NRL. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about this mandatory stand-down period for concussion. Uh, David Riccio was on with Vossi and James Magnuson yesterday saying that it looked like it was going to be introduced, and it has basically now been uh, introduced. So it is an interesting one, and I'll try and explain it as best I can if you can, um, with, without making it very confusing. So the NRL today will introduce, or yesterday, will introduce a mandatory 11-day stand-down period for players who suffer con- a concussion as the code explores every avenue to protect their elite uh, so Peter Folandes was on radio yesterday saying that he is worried about Caelan Ponga and his future. So players who suffer a Category 1 concussion will be automatically stood down a minimum of 11 days, meaning they could miss two matches. It won't happen too often, but it, it could happen. Category 1 symptoms include the loss of consciousness, f- uh, failing to protect oneself when falling and unsteadiness on the feet, Players who show these signs are instantly ruled out of uh, matches. A Category 2 means a player has failed the concussion test in the dressing room and is unable to return to the field. The rule will come into place tonight at the start of Round 3, and we are at Round 3 already, with the Parramatta Eels taking on the Manly Seagulls. The decision was made as the AFL find themselves at the centre of a class action involving more than 60 former players in the Supreme Court of Victoria. Blood testing could also come into play. Um, So there you go. The vast majority of players will miss just one game under the mandatory 11-day protocol. Uh, According to uh, the Rugby League eye test, the season scheduling means there are only three instances in the 2023 campaign where a player would miss two games in an 11-day period. Uh, There is going to be an exemption as well, but there's a lot of criteria to that uh, as well if there's going to be, if you want to be exempt. Uh, there was talk uh, in the on social media and uh, various other places, uh, potentially about the grand final, there being a two-week break between the preliminary finals and the grand final, so it doesn't rule a player out, the NRL not having any of that. State of origin is going to be an interesting one, though, because you look at, If a player gets in custom playing on the Sunday, 10 days before state of origin, now they're not going to be be able to play in the state of origin. Uh, Now, to be eligible for a review, so this is an exemption, a player must have suffered less than five concussions throughout their career and none in the last three months. They must also have not previously experienced a a prolonged recovery from a head knock, Furthermore, a player must not have shown any symptoms the day after suffering the head injury and must have also returned to full cognitive function. So a lot of guidelines there for any of these exemptions, which I'm sure when we get to the business end of the season and state of origin, I'm sure there'd be a possibility that clubs would be looking at applying for for exemptions. But again, you'd have to meet all these guidelines. So 11-day mandatory stand-down. Are you a supporter of this? I haven't really come across anyone that isn't. I understand that I'm sure the players, if they are going to miss a big match, like a state of origin, like a grand final, yes, they will be disappointed. But really, at the end of the day, it is for their own health. And we all love rugby League. We all love the sport. But their health and their future, I think, is much more important. Um, it will be interesting, as I say, though, to see when some of these exemptions are applied for. You're a supporter of this 11-day mandatory standout period that comes in tonight. So if a player gets concussed tonight in the Manly-Parramatta game, won't be playing next weekend. 0457 736, 736 or 1300 01 1170. I, as I said, I don't think anyone wouldn't be a supporter but i would be happy to hear your opinion on it regardless. 1 01 1170 or 0457 736 The 11 day mandatory stand down period uh, coming in today uh, after the or during that Manly Parramatta game. Uh, your thoughts on that? 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. And uh, this caught my eye as well. Phil Good, uh, of course, commentator on Channel 9, was uh, talking about immortals. Uh, yesterday on his podcast, and he said some interesting things. Now, at the moment, we've got a lot of Immortals, Clive Churchill, John Raper, Reg Gasnier, Bob Fulton, Wally Lewis, Arthur Beetson, Graham Langlands, Andrew Johns, Stanley Messenger, Frank Burge, Dave Brown, Norm Proven, and Mel Meninga. Five most recent of those were inducted in 2018, uh, after the NRL took charge of the concept following the demise of uh, the magazine, the Rugby League Week magazine. Um, now, he doesn't believe, though, that Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston should be the next ones inducted. He says the likes of Lockyer and Smith and Thurston and Cronk will all have their day eventually, but I don't think now is the time. So he wants to go back to the 1980s, and he wants champion Eels halfback Peter Sterling to be the next inductee and possibly Brett Kenny. Also, Ron Coote is on Phil Gould's list he said, certainly Sterling and Coot are the two that look natural to me that should be recognised in that ilk. And Kenny. It's hard to mention Sterling without Kenny. If I were a judge, that's where I'd be looking. Then you get to your Brad Fittler, Laurie Daly, Alan Langer type era. Then you get to your Lockyer era. And then, of course, your big players from Queensland, the Storm, etc. It is an interesting debate whenever we talk about the Immortals debate because, look, there's no doubt in most people's minds that Cameron Smith will be in there, probably Jonathan Thurston, Billy Slater, then you talk about the likes of Cooper Cronk as well. But there is a whole era before that that haven't been put in. And we obviously know Joey has been, but Brad Fittler, Peter Sterling, as he said. So do you agree with what Gus is saying here? Do you think before we look at a Cameron Smith and that era, do we go back to the 80s and 90s and early 2000s? And induct some of those players. Now, I wasn't around to see Peter Sterling or Brett Kenny or Ron Koop play, but uh, you hear stories and you've seen highlights of all of their careers, um, in particular Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny, and you know how good of a player they were and how important they were to Parramatta. So, would you like to see that happen? 1 300 01 1170 or 0457 736 3 6 is our text number. Who would you like to see as the next Immortals in the NRL or in Rugby League? Would you like to go back to the 1980s? Or do you think we should fast forward and go straight to the Cam Smith era and then maybe pick and choose and go back and forth? It'll be interesting to see. Look, to be honest, Brad Fittler's another one. I grew up watching Brad Fittler, love watching Brad Fittler play. Is he an Immortal? Should he be? On the list of Immortals. And also, whilst we're talking about Immortals as well, and I know a few months back during summer, Jimmy Smith and I think it was Michael we were having a conversation about this. How many people or how many players can you induct as Immortals? I, I, I suppose you can only induct so many, but then you think there's a lot that deserve it. So what do you reckon? 0457-736-736, our text number. Call the open line to have your say. 1300 one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. one Immortals, should we go back, like Gus says, to Peter Sterling in that era? Or should we just fast forward or pick and choose from multiple eras? And who would be your next immortal? 0457 736, 736 or 1300 01 1170. So that's just a bit on our agenda this morning. The tech's already flying in. If you were at the Kings game last night, the Kings back-to-back premiers seventy-seven sixty-nine over the New Zealand Breakers, 18,124 people there, an NBL record crowd. If you were there and you're up, what was it like? What was the atmosphere like? What were the celebrations like? Are you still celebrating? If you are, maybe text, don't ring. 0457 736, 736 or 01 three hundred o one eleven seventy. Ahead of the Roosters and the Rabbits tomorrow night. We did this last year, but we'll probably do it again. But the greatest sporting rivalries around the world. Have you been lucky enough to go to one? 1300 01 0457 736 736. The mandatory stand down period, 11 days. Do you support it? Is there any issues with it? Can you see any issues with it at all? And Immortals, who would you have next? Would you go back to the 80s, the 90s? Or would you fast forward to more recent times. one one 1170 our open line number. You can text 457 736 I'll get to your texts in a second. Plus, Andrew Mentzel, menes from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, will join me to talk all things cricket. It is 16 past five in New South Wales, 16 past four in Queensland. You're listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Good to have your company. We're going to have a chat to Andrew Mentzel shortly uh, to talk all things cricket. Keep those texts coming in. 457 736 6 We'll get to all of them shortly, but a couple of calls on the open line. one one 1170 Andrew from Bankstown kicks us off on this Thursday morning. Now, I put the call out, Andrew, for anyone that went to the Kings game to call in. You've called in. Uh, how are you, mate? A bit
0: tired this morning, but uh, thank you for having me. Morning. Uh, up and bright and early. Great game last
1: night. Mm. Go, you Kings! Yeah, yes, you're very happy, mate. What was the atmosphere like? 18,000, 18,124 people there, a record NBL crowd. Can yeah. imagine what it was like out there, especially after they won?
0: Yeah, great crowd. Very vocal throughout the whole game. A little, a little, a little half a percent of breaker supporters in one corner, but they mm. were pretty vocal in a little group, but the Kings outdone them. Played well, came back in the second, third quarter. And obviously the fourth quarter that we started off pretty, wasn't the greatest start, the fourth quarter, but we came back, fought hard.
1: Yeah, we won it. Second, two in a row. Yeah, back to back. Do you go Uh, to to Kings games often, Andrew? I try to go to a handful of games Mm. throughout the year, but always throughout the finals, Mm. I go. I was there
0: last year. I was there when they won their 3 peat in the early 2000s. So, yeah, I'm a Kings fan
1: since the 90s. Yeah, good. Yeah, good man. From all reports, and as I say, I haven't been to a Kings game for ages. But from all reports, a really, really good night out, back to back, and already looking towards a 3 threepeat. Andrew, thanks for calling in, mate. Uh, maybe have a coffee this morning yeah, to get you, to get you through the day.
0: No, no, we'll, we'll drink something, something uh, naturally fruity, and that will keep me going. Natural sugars.
1: Very good, yeah. very good. Thanks, no, mate. thanks,
0: guys. Great you see it. Thanks. great show, mate. Thank you.
1: Thanks, mate. Thank you. Call anytime. One 1170 Yeah, if you were at the Kings game as well last night, uh, happy to hear from you. Put the call out, Andrew uh, called in. Uh, let's go back to the open line. Dom from Cronulla is on the line. Morning, Dom. Morning, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good. How are you, mate? Not too bad. A bit early this morning, but, yeah, it still is. going. <laughs> it um, is very early, yes, but we love it. We yeah. love it, Dom.
0: Look, no horses on the Point Road today, which is good, but... Um, ah, yes, yes. Rivalry.
1: Yes, go for it, mate. Sporting yeah. rivalries, yeah.
0: It's got to be state of origin, right? You think mm-hmm. about it, all the Immortals that have played, have all played state of origin and played country, but biggest highlight has to be state of origin, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think in Australia, I think at least from a rugby league point of view, and really when you think about sport in Australia and. Uh, although a lot will disagree with me. AFL is probably uh, the more popular code at this stage. We'd love to see it. the NRL uh, take over that mantle at some stage. But you look at State of Origin, um, and outside obviously of New South Wales and uh, Queensland where it does dominate, it's still very popular in the non-NRL states. It's popular overseas as well. So you could talk about the club rivalries, Dom, like the Roosters and Souths as we're going to see tomorrow night, but it's very hard to beat Origin, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. But if it was a, if it, not having a biased opinion, I think if you look at the AFL, it's got to be the Anzac Day test with um, Collingwood and Essendon, that's for sure. I mean, that gets you fired up more than anything.
1: I, I love... like, So I'm, I'm lucky enough to go to the NRL Anzac Day game every year, and we're only, what, just over a month away um, from that. Um, and it's just... Uh, the NRL is such a special atmosphere, but speaking to... People that have been to the AFL match um, and watching bits and pieces of it on TV. Obviously, I'm at the NRL, so it's hard to do. It's such, look, Anzac Day, and no doubt we'll talk more about it next month, Dom, but Anzac Day is such a special occasion anyway, and much more than sport. But to cap the day off with those two matches, I think both the NRL and AFL do it uh, brilliantly. But State of Origin, great nomination. And Dom, it's not too far away, only a couple of months, and off we go again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Well, you have a great day and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Matt. Have a good one. Have a good one. Uh, Dom from Cronulla. You can join him on the open line anytime, 1300 one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We'll send a text in 0457 736 736. It is 25 minutes past five in New South Wales, 25 past four in Queensland. Andrew mental in just a second to talk all things uh, cricket. But on the text line today, and there's heaps of texts. I'll get to them after minutes. Just don't want to keep him uh, waiting in this early hour of the morning. If you were at the Kings game, like Andrew, uh, who called from Bankstown just a few moments ago, love to hear from you. If you're just waking up, turning the radio on, Sydney Kings 77 over the breakers 69 in front of 18,124 people. The mandatory stand-down period in the NRL, 11 days. Are you a supporter? Do you have any issues with it at all? Great sporting rivalries ahead of the Roosters and Souths tomorrow night. And also uh, this morning, uh, we want to talk about Immortals as well. Phil Gould has said we should go back to the like to Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny. Who would be your next immortal? And would you go back to that era or would you go to an era more recently? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. I promise I'll get to all of your texts in just a second, but don't want to leave this man waiting any longer.
0: Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in Cricket.
1: Time to talk cricket now on Tradies News in a Nutshell. Keep those calls and texts coming in, though. one one 1170 Text 0457-736-736. The man we always talk cricket with is Andrew Menzel from the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. Menes, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan. Uh, how are you? How Have you re- recovered after the fifth ashes, uh, The fourth uh, test sorry, in India? The pitch, I have to say, five days... Um, Everyone was complaining about the first three test matches, weren't they, Manners? But uh, the fourth test match ending up in a draw. Before we reflect on the series as a whole, your take on the fourth and final test.
2: Look, I don't think the fourth test was a great pitch. and It was a little bit slow and there weren't a lot of wickets, but I Mm. think the criticism's been a little bit overblown. I mean, the first three tests ended very, very quickly. I don't think it was such a bad thing to see some runs scored. I mean, I enjoyed seeing... Uh, you know, four centuries in that in that match. So, some good things in the Test match. Uh, in the end, Australia fought back and um, you know had a respectable draw in the last match. So it really after the way the first two tests went um, it finished pretty well.
1: I asked the listeners on Tuesday morning, I think it was, to give a rating um, and a level of confidence heading into the Ashes after these four test matches in India. Now, of course, the first two test matches, I think the rating would have been very low. But look, they did fight back a lot in those second two test matches, including, of course, winning that third test match. So what rating would you give them after this tour to India? And what is your level of confidence as we look? Towards uh, the World Test Championship, firstly, and then the Ashes.
2: So, are you saying a rating for the tour?
1: Yes, the tour. Uh, out of the whole four matches, what would you give yep. them? I'm giving it an F. An, an F? Okay, all right. I had a- the, the
2: reason being the reason being is um, I don't buy all this cockamamie stuff about oh we just lost one hour in Delhi. The Australians weren't prepared. They picked the wrong team in the first Test match. Their tactics were wrong. They dropped Travis Head. Matt Cooneman wasn't even in the country for the first Test match. So, you know, the fact that we put up a good show at the end means that we actually stuffed it up because if we'd gone there with our tactics lined up and Mm. with our best team on the park, we probably would have been more competitive from the the first Test. So it's an ass.
1: Yeah, I had a texter giving them a C plus. so you're a bit uh, down down on that uh, texter from the other day. Um, The level of confidence. Now, I know the conditions are going to be completely different to what we experienced in India for the Ashes in a few months' time. I know it's very early and we'll be catching up right throughout the Ashes series, but how confident are you in this Australian team as we look towards the Ashes in the middle of the year?
2: I'm, I'm sort of middling with the confidence because I think the, the English, English side are playing such a good brand of attractive cricket. They're going to be on their home pitches. They're going to have a noisy crowd behind them. So uh, I, I give the English a really good chance of winning the home Ashes series. But in saying that, you know, Australia is a good side in those conditions. We have a very strong seam attack. We've now got not just one, but two really good off spinners to take over to England. And we've got a, you know, pretty solid top order with Kowaja Lavashane and Smith, sort of the engine room of that Australian batting lineup, and then you've got sort of Travis Head and Cameron Green in the middle order. So we're set up well to put, to compete. But this English side is a bit of a juggernaut. They play, you know, an exciting brand of cricket. They will attack Australia. They won't take a, you know, a ba- they won't take a backward step, which is unlike the English. Normally, they're very timid and meek. In this series, I'm expecting them to come out and come out swinging. So. Look, I'm confident that we'll be competitive, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we come back with a series loss.
1: And just back on the Indian series, before we look at the one-day internationals starting tomorrow, uh, any real standouts from this series? Of course, Todd Murphy caught the eye of most of the Australian public, especially all cricket fans, out of the first test. Who were your standouts from uh, this series?
2: Well, there's been some really great stories. Amidst the chaos of me giving them an F, there are actually some... Some good things. So, obviously, Usman Khawaja being the leading run scorer is just a testament to his mm. hard work and fighting back and getting in the team and then having a, f- a terrific tour of India. So, full marks to him. I think Rahul Drava, the Indian coach, said that this is the best spin bowling attack Australia's ever brought to India. That's not talking about individual spinners, but he was talking about. Lion Murphy and Kuhneman all together. Mm-hmm. So that's a really big compliment, and you know, congratulations to Murphy and Coonamun for rising to the challenge. And then the probably other two, Cameron Green's first Test century is such a significant moment for Australian cricket. He's now taken a five-wicket haul and scored a century in his first twenty Tests. So he's on track to be, you know, a fantastic all-rounder. And then, um, of course, uh, Travis Head. Um, you know, proving the doubters wrong. They said he couldn't play spin. They dropped him for the first test, and then he came in and won a match with the, off his bat in the third test, and made a lovely ninety in the fourth test. So, some good stuff in there.
1: Yeah, and we look ahead now to the Ashes series, but the tour of India for Australia isn't exactly over. We've got uh, some one day internationals beginning tomorrow. Now Pat Cummins uh, is staying in Sydney or staying in Australia after the sad passing of his mother. No real surprise there. So Steve Smith will captain the squad. Uh, How do you see the one day as uh, going for this Australian team and what do you think we're going to take out of these matches?
2: Well, really important matches because Australia's due to play the 50-over World mm. Cup in India later this year. So this is a great time to try and formulate what is our best 50-over side in those conditions and then get some practice. You know, one challenge is that Australia's hardly played a 50-over match in, in the last year. So, mm. you know, try picking out Australia's best 11 at the moment. But, you know, Aaron Finch has retired from 50 over cricket, so, you know, there is a spot at the top of the order. David Warner's no certainty to make it through to the World Cup. So there is a lot of competition for places. Um, A few youngsters are in the squad. Um, Nathan Ellis, the young quick bowlers over there. So, you know, it really will be a a lot of jostling to see who can make a case for World Cup selection.
1: Um, And how successful do you think these one days will be for Australia?
2: Well, I mean, we have a we have a decent record in one day cricket over there. They tend to produce better pitches for fifty over cricket, so they will be more batter friendly. Um, so I expect us to be competitive. India always, always tough on there home turf but uh, i expect this to do pretty well
1: okay cool uh the first one uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m this is sydney time followed by the next one on sunday and then the final one will be on wednesday night so we might catch up on wednesday morning next week a day earlier and just have a chat uh preview that final one day and see how the series has gone so far men it's great stuff what's coming up on the podcast with yourself paul and Jalisa?
2: Paul and I recorded a show reflecting on the the series this week, so you can find that on all podcast apps, and you know, we'll be coming to you weekly now. We, we were doing daily podcasts during the test mm. series, but we're going to take a bit of a break now and get some sleep, Dan.
1: Have you uh, had Jaleesa on recently? Have you managed to find her and get, away, get her away yeah. from Channel 10?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was on last week. Oh, very so good. We've sort of
1: sorted out her tech issues.
2: Still ah. no internet, still no um, laptop or microphone, mm. but... Her iPhone's working pretty well. You're lucky you get her in studio when she's on SEN. Otherwise, it would be a nightmare for you.
1: Yeah, no, uh, she comes in. She does a very good job. But I, from what you've told me, uh, not very technically savvy. But that's okay. Not not all of us are, Menas. Not all of us are. No, uh, that's gra- why we're producers and she's a talent. Exactly. Great stuff, uh, Menas. We will chat with you next week and have a chat about the one days. Thanks, mate.
2: Thanks,
1: Dan. Andrew Mentzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast talking all things cricket. Yeah, good stuff from Ben is there. Cricket beginning tomorrow night, the one-day series, Australia versus India. Stack of texts there. I'll get to them after the break. You've just waking up, switching the radio on, though, just letting you know what we're talking about. Uh, this morning, the Kings, if you missed it, they won 77-69 last night in front of a record NBL crowd of eighteen thousand one hundred and twenty-four. If you were there, we already had a caller, Andrew from, Black, uh, from Bankstown, ring up. If you were there, let me know what was the what was the atmosphere like. One 736. Talking great sporting rivalries as well ahead of the Roosters Souths game tomorrow night. What is the greatest sporting rivalry? And have you been lucky enough to go to one? There must be one around the world that someone, one of our listeners, has been to. If you've been lucky enough to go to one, let me know. But uh, what is your greatest sporting rivalry? The NRL, they've introduced the 11-day Mandary stand-down period that will start tonight uh, in tonight's game between Manly and Parramatta. Now, you supporter, I can't think that anyone wouldn't be, but uh, happy to hear your opinion. And Immortals, Phil Gould talking about Immortals, saying the next Immortals that he'd be introducing is Peter Sterling, Brett Kinney, uh, Kenny, and. Cam Smith uh, and that era would just have to wait. Who should be your next immortal? Should we be going back to the 80s or the current days? Uh, we'll talk, talk to you about a lot of other stuff in sport as well going on in just a second. But after the break, we'll get to all your techs. It is 24 minutes to 6, 24 minutes to 5 in Queensland. Yeah, an interesting game tonight as well, isn't it, between Parramatta and Manly. Parramatta 0 from 2 to start the year. Manly so impressive in their opening game against the Bulldogs a couple of Saturdays ago now. Had the bye last weekend uh, back at uh, Brookvale Oval as well, Four Pines Park. So it's a really tricky match for Parramatta. And as I say, the pressure will just ramp up on the Eels if they are to lose this game against Manly. You'll hear it on SEN tonight. Looking forward uh, to that as part of our coverage of Rugby League. Uh, you'll be joined this night, this evening. And you'll also hear tomorrow's game between Newcastle and the Dolphins She'll be a very interesting one. Charlie Goods, sir, will join me tomorrow morning to preview all of the round three action. And of course, we'll review tonight's game uh, tomorrow on the show. All right, this part of the show, all yours, 0457 736 736, our text number, in call 1300 01170. We do it for Ken Arts Higher. Ken Arts Higher, make your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. Let's have a look at all of these texts. This one from Razor from Brisbane. He says, Can we send a reminder to all Titans players? that the game is on a Saturday this week and you can have Sunday off. <laughs> that from uh, Razor in Brisbane. Yeah, the Gold Coast uh, Titans in action uh, this weekend. Of course, the past two Sundays, they've been playing this six fifteen game against the Tigers in round one and then the Dragons uh, last weekend. But they are playing on Saturday. It's the early game on Saturday, actually, against the Melbourne Storm on the Gold Coast Uh, We will talk to Charlie about it uh, tomorrow on the show. Razor, it's going to be an interesting game, isn't it? You look at at how the Storm have played the opening couple of rounds, beat the Eels in Golden Point in round one, lost last weekend quite comprehensively to the Bulldogs. But then on the flip side, uh, you look at the Titans, who beat the Tigers in round one, led 12-2 against the Dragons last Sunday, and then uh, the Dragons ran over the top of them. Back up on the Gold Coast. Their first game on the Gold Coast this year against a storm side that's struggling a bit. Intriguing game, intriguing game. Uh yes, I will send uh Razor, I'll send a message to all my Gold Coast Titans uh, contacts, which are none. Uh thank you, uh Razor. Uh this from Baz. Uh good morning, Dan. Got to be the rivalry between Australia and the old enemy England, yeah? Well, we were just talking to Andrew Menzel. This is great sporting rivalries we're talking about this morning ahead of the roosters uh, Robados game tomorrow night. It's not that far away, the Ashes. It's still a few months away. Uh, so it will go a bit quiet, won't it? Uh, the cricket probably once this one-day series is done and we uh, enjoy our rugby league seasons. Of course, the AFL season kicking off tonight as well. But once we get to the Ashes, and I think... And I don't know, and we'll find out as we get closer to the time. I would say that the Ashes would have more interest than the World Test Championship, as important as that is. But once we get to the Ashes, uh, I think cricket will be front of everyone's minds. Again, thank you, Baz. This from the Oval Treeman. Um, and he is talking uh, about a couple of things. Hi, Dan, and I am looking forward to later in the year. This is cricket as well. I'm looking forward to later in the year when, in my opinion, we have the best sporting rivalry in world sport, the Ashes, between Australia and England. It is an amazing rivalry. I'll forever remember growing up just on the Ashes that we were dominating, 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 and then that 2005 Ashes series where England won and there were some amazing test matches. I'll remember watching, I think it was well, It was the fifth test match. I'm not entirely sure what day it was. It was very close. Um, England were batting and there was a catch to Shane Warne in the slips. And he would have caught those most times, dropped it. And you just thought then the Ashes was gone to England. It is a great sporting rivalry. Also, probably stealing Chris Perkins' thunder. Yeah, Chris will be on the show tomorrow. But commiserations to the Aussie baseball team, and Chris has been doing updates of this, uh, going down 4 Three to Cuba in the quarterfinals overnight. Fighting back from 4-1 down, but not quite getting over the line. That from the Oval Truman. Yeah, it's been a good story. Disappointing to see uh, they lost there, but it's been a good story. The Australian baseball side over the past few weeks. Uh, This uh, is a text. um, And good morning, Nutshell Daniel and my fellow Peanuts Thank you. I'd be happy to limit uh, one player per decade into the Immortal Club. Adding too many will lessen the high high esteem the ones already in it are held. Well, that's a good point. Uh, Are we adding? And look, not that any of the players that are in the Immortals at the moment, and not that any of the players that are in the chat to become Immortals in the future don't deserve it. Because there's a lot of players that have played over many years that definitely at least deserve to be in the chat. You may not agree with them being an immortal, but at least they're in for consideration. But can we be adding too many? It, it It's supposed to be a prestigious award, and there's no doubt there's so many players that deserve it. But if we're adding, you know, four from this era, six from a different era, I don't know. Yeah, one every 10 years, uh, I'd probably go a couple more than that, but I do understand what you're saying. You can't keep adding all these players because then uh, what does it mean? Uh, Brett says this on the mandatory stand down. Morning, down. absolutely agree with the 11-day stand down period for concussions. However, the NRL club should now have a top 40 or even top 50. Clubs have already been applying for grants and salary cap relief. That will be interesting, Brett, if we see this. And it's going to happen. Now, it's not going to happen. Every week to every club, but it comes in tonight, and we'll probably see a few this week. And if we see a club be affected a lot, well, then maybe we do need bigger squads. Uh, what do you make of that? Oh, four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Look, the Knights are already struggling after round two now. Not all of those are concussions; they're also they're always they're all different injuries. Caitlin Palmer, of course, uh, a concussion, but the rest of them different injuries. But they're still struggling. So now we have to throw this into the mix as well, which I think everyone supports, but maybe they do need bigger swaps Squads. Thank you, Brett. Good text. This from the Chookman. Hi, Dan. The spin doctors brought us on down in India. Next will be the swinging ball for the Ashes, which is my biggest sporting rivalry. Yeah, a few nominations uh, for the Ashes, isn't there? Uh, This one from uh, another text here saying, Hi, Dan. Not a big fan of the immortal concept. There is currently 110 players in the Hall of Fame. So the elevation of a small proportion of such an elite selection of players will always create controversy. Personally, I would make the selection into the Hall of Fame as the ultimate accolade with no need to make a smaller subset of that group. Well, that's an idea of as well. Um, although I don't think they're going to get rid of the Immortals now. Uh, yeah, 110 in the Hall of Fame. How many can you induct to be an Immortal? And then the rest of them go into the Hall of Fame. I don't know. It's a hard one. Uh, good morning, Dan. This is from Dan. Need to pick your brain. What? Uh, would Michael Chica be a good coach for Parra considering he's related to Moses? I still believe the Eels need a new voice. Another interesting one, isn't it? Uh, Dan, I don't know about Michael Chica. He of course uh, coached the Lebanon side in the rugby league world uh, cup. Look, he's been a good coach in a rugby union level. He's sort of untested in rugby league, although he has been assistant coach uh, at a club. I think might've been the Roosters and then uh, at Lebanon. Um, It'd be an interesting choice. Uh, as I say, the discussion, Dan, around Brad Arthur is still ongoing, isn't it? Uh, even though he has been extended until the end of 2025. Michael Checker, an interesting one. What do you reckon? Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if he does make the choice at some stage to move over to rugby league. Uh, this one before a break. Uh, Morning, Dan. This is Steve, the Colleton Bulldog. Morning, Dan. Have to agree with Gus. We need to look at 70 and 80s first and look at what they have done for the community and club after they finish the game. I would be happy with two new inductees every three years. So that's a bit different to the one every 10 years. Rivals of the ice hockey goes back 30 years. Colorado uh, versus Detroit is a massive uh, rivalry from USA. Can confirm. Cheers, Steve, the Colleton Bulldog bulldog and just one more gus is right in my opinion i've never seen sterling play i was at brett kenny's last game but again never got to witness why they're so great so eras make sense as it annoys me that joe was named an immortal after only being retired 1.5 years in 2008 next in line no order is sterling kenny price steve mortimer Clyde Langer, Fitler, and Laurie Daly. Thank you for that text. A few more there. We'll get to them after the break. It's 10.5 to 6, 10.5 to 5 in Queensland. Yes, and don't forget the AFL kicks off tonight as well with Carlton taking on... Uh, Richmond Uh, This text, couple of texts to finish things off Uh, No number on, uh, sorry, no number on this one Uh, But they go, I think the new uh, concussion rules Or no name, I think the new concussion rules Means a lot of players won't be backing up I think it will even up the playing field As far as the top and bottom teams go That goes from uh, number ending in 103 Well, it could well do so if that is the case, uh, this from Mark the Dog. If the Eels start zero uh, and five, which is possible, what do Parramatta fans think of Brad Arthur's extended contract? Well, I've said that uh, yesterday. I've said it a few times. Look, they, they could easily win the next few matches, Parramatta, but they've got Manly tonight, Penrith, then the Roosters. It is possible they can be zero from five. The timing of the Brad Arthur contract extension. It's Just a bit odd for me. Uh, biggest sporting rivalry, thanks, Mark the Dog. Uh, biggest sporting rivalry: Liverpool first, Manu. Aussies first, England. Aussies first, India. Now is a big one. And the old, uh, yes, okay, thank you. Um, and also uh, this from James: We can't fall into the trap that the AFL has by making everyone who played the game a hall of game, a hall of fame player. Leave the mortals to exactly that, just the ones who actually changed the game and left a mark on the way the game is played now, not just a really good player. Thank you, James. Thank you for all your texts today. Uh, lots coming up on The Breakfast Show. They'll talk more about the mandatory stand-down uh, rule. The Sydney Kings, of course, winning as well. Uh, Michael Carriannis with all the headlines. And they'll look ahead to Sydney FC and the Wanderers on the weekend as well. Big show tomorrow. Charlie good sir, Chris Perkins, John Gallo. Have a great Thursday breakfast for the News with Fossey and Brandy.